You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Live today, bringing you the latest insights into the dynamic world of real estate in our beloved city. I'm your host, one of your hosts, and I'm thrilled to have you join us for this special episode filled with valuable information and exciting discussions. <laughs> in today's fast-paced real estate market, staying informed is crucial. Whether you're a buyer, seller, investor, simply curious about Ottawa's housing landscape, that's why we've gathered a group of industry experts, David, Greg, and myself, uh, who are passionate about sharing our knowledge and expertise with you. Welcome, everyone. How's it going, gentlemen? Great. It's going great. How's that? Oh. Greg's good back to on the you. sun. Good to be here. <laughs> um, doing well. Doing well. It's great. Oh, thank good. You for asking. That was a good little uh, GPT intro. I liked it. Always. Yeah. Greg, it. you turned a year older last week? I did. I turned a year older. I am now 104. The wizard. Never, never mm-hmm. ages. You mm-hmm. look great for 104. Thank you. Yes. Um, I moisturize. <laughs> we should uh, we should introduce ourselves for anyone who's tuning in for the first time. Uh, I'll introduce myself, gentlemen. You can introduce yourselves today. Uh, my name is Paul Stevenson. I'm a mortgage agent, and uh, that's it. I've been doing this <laughs> for ten years. Uh, love it. Uh, you know, lots of experience buying, selling, uh, financing, you name it. So, uh, any questions you have, throw them in the comments, and we'll uh, happily talk about them. Who's next? Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come in next. My name is Greg Campbell. I am a uh, realtor, and I'm uh, one of the partners at, uh, at the agency. The agency. The agency. agency. Ottawa. The agency Ottawa. And yes, that is the same agency that you see on the Netflix show, Buying Beverly Hills. It's the I same like the agency. Red. I like the red. Yeah, I, li- mm-hmm. I like it too. It I like it too. Yeah. Rolling with the red today. Uh, I've been doing this for uh, quite a while, almost, uh, well, I guess about 15 years. And um, I love it. And, and that's me. I'm, I'm married. I have two beautiful daughters. And I, also, <laughs> and I also make music. And I'll be here all week answering all your questions. <laughs> or at least the next 30 minutes. <laughs> Call me. I'm- 613-614-0179. Call me. There we go. And then... David Warren, mortgage agent as well, owner of Referral Mortgages. Been in the business, 10 years. We're, we're all in those, uh, in those double digits. Yes. Love it. I th- Let's go. I, I, think, I think one thing is always guaranteed that people will say about the shows. We're a little bit hokey here at the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. Yes. Is that a good word for us? Hokey? That's a great word. Yeah. Hokey? I don't know. Hokey. Yeah. Pokey, little pokey. I don't know. We're just silly. We like to have fun, but we are serious about our business. There's no question. <clears throat> we are. There's actually uh, a few questions already in the chat, and we <clears throat> should say, being a live show, obviously, we typically record these. We actually don't edit them. Steven mm-hmm. edits them, but we don't actually cut anything out of the show. So it's not like you're getting anything different with the live show. You can just actually <laughs> participate instead of watching after the fact. Um, For those listening after the fact, we apologize. 
Yes. Anyone who isn't listening live, <laughs> we're sorry. And we'll be back next week. <laughs> Anyone else who isn't listening live has already fast forwarded through all of this. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, so Greg, last <laughs> week you had a question for, you called on other realtors in the auto area to mm -hmm. uh, to give mm -hmm. us their insights as to what they're seeing so let's start there and uh, we'll just feed right into the conversation so andrew herman uh he's a realtor here in ottawa i believe uh it, well he is for sure because it says he's an it ottawa realtor he <laughs> um he says uh, to give some insight from another ottawa realtor's perspective everything that is being said is true for the most part all the listings we have had or have been offering on have been multiple offers in the last couple of weeks most have been conditionally sold with a maximum of five days to meet those conditions, although some properties are being sold firm the same day they list. We're hearing the same across our brokerage, and this is in most price points, even in the low million range. Expect to see a lot of holding offers just because of the amount of showing requests and activity at open houses people are having, people are having, sorry, and not because they expect the home to sell way over the list price, which of course the with of course the right to accept a preemptive offer if the right one comes along before the offer dates. So yeah, pretty much saying, you know, still very busy, seeing lots of, obviously, well, exactly what I just said. <laughs> I just read it, so I don't need to summarize. Um, so Greg, that seems pretty on par with what you said and what we're seeing, lots of buyers, not enough supply, supplies diminishing month over month. Yeah. That's where we're at. <laughs> it's, it's, it's where we're at. You know, this week, once again, was really interesting. There's some things there's just no rhyme or reason to. Um, I did see two properties in the 900, 950 range that were on the market for a couple of months. They dropped their price to the uh, like 870, 875 range. And then both of them sold in two days close to what they were listed at previously after not selling close to that price for two months. So it's kind of like that weird psychological, well, that weird mindset of, oh, well, it's only this much. If someone's competing, it must be worth more. And I'm going to spend more now where I could have just gone in and had no competition and got it at the same price or less 30 days ago. Mm -hmm. Because maybe it wasn't on their radar at that price point. They didn't think they wanted to spend that much and they weren't looking at it because maybe they thought they couldn't negotiate. I don't know. And, I, and I've got one out here now and we're one of the best price four bedrooms in Orleans. So we expect that to go. We've just been holding. Um, I had another one that we relisted at the same price. It's been on for a couple of months. Um, great property, tricky sale close to the highway. We relisted it at the same price. Got an offer, got it done today. So, yeah, I'm, kind of, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, I'm basically telling clients now on pre-approvals to assume that the properties you're looking at are going to sell for somewhere between like five to 10% higher than what they're listed at. That's just what I've been seeing at least from, from the clients I've talked to. And as you said, Greg, like people that are looking, you know, they're pre-approved up to say 500 and they're looking at the 499 property. Like the likelihood is that's, that's no longer going to fly, you know, where it would have flown three, four months ago. Mm -hmm. And the market's really hot. Like even, you know, the ones at uh, 399 are going into the low fours. Uh, depending on what it is. And it's like you said, the ones around five are going a little bit over. Um, you know, we're still seeing a lot of properties. This is the weird thing though. There's a lot of good properties that are still just sitting there mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. there's no, it's just strange that they're not being sold. A new one comes out like 50,000 less. It's not as nice as the one that's more price, more pricey. And the other one, and that one sells and the other one sits. 
and like the other people that that offered on the other one don't even go over to the other one i gotta i just it's just really it's really really weird and rentals are still fire um i can't remember where i was at last week but i've been working on a lot of a lot of rental deals and it seems to me that that with the rental deals i was involved in let's say probably eight multiple offer rentals in the last three weeks i won two and the ones that i lost all sold for a hundred to two hundred dollars a month more and there were eight to ten offers on all of those so my wow. question is that after those were done there wasn't that much else. These all had just happened to be in Orleans, except for one that I did in Stittsville. They all mostly have, they happen to be in Orleans. And my question to, to myself and to, you know, the other agents, you know, I was just like, where do those other people go? Because there was nowhere else for them to go rent that was similar at all. And the ones that were, they were probably competing on that as well as I was, but they, there was still like eight groups that lost. Mm -hmm. So where do they go? And then there's nothing new coming out. And if you needed something for June or July, like, what, what are you doing? You know, I talked to one guy. He said that he put his clients in an Airbnb for a year. Mm -hmm. And he said it was like almost the same price as if they had got a rental and it was furnished. But I mean, I went and I looked and tried to do that, but it wasn't even remotely close to what they wanted. So there was, that wasn't going to work. So I don't know, man. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who are looking for a new rental that are not going to have any luck or they're going to be breaking the budget. I, I think it'll either be breaking the budget or, or, you know, where I would imagine some of the, a lot of these were bigger homes, like single detached homes. They, no, they were, no? they were towns. Oh, okay. Towns. <clears throat> Cause I, I mean, I kind of just see people that aren't able to just like purchasing you either broaden your area that you're looking and your geographical region and you kind of go outside that or you go from that wanting a three or four bedroom to we're gonna have to deal with two in an unfinished basement and stick a bedroom down there or something um mm -hmm. you know kind of situation that's but. the thing and, and, one of, and one of my clients she's like i can't fit all my stuff into a, a two bedroom i'm like well i'm like you're gonna have to get into the two bedroom and then uh get a storage locker Oh, the Great Glebe Garage Sale is coming up this weekend, so she got nowhere to go. Some stuff there. <laughs> Anyways, I, I don't, I don't. I'm saying, you know, I'm talking about this because I don't like it. It's, you know, and I'm personally invested with some of these people now, where they're being displaced, and uh, it's, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking in a way, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like they'll find a place to go, but it's just not, uh, you know, it's not great out there for people looking for rentals right now. Yeah, I mean the, you know, a lot of the those are all individual investors that have those rental properties. Um, the townhomes and typically the townhome yeah. singles, the larger properties. Um, and when the costs of borrowing have come up, those yeah. people are having to unload them and sell them. They can't hold them as rentals. So it does actually diminish the, the market mm -hmm. for, you know, for people looking for those sizes because any company or, 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 you know, professional, corporation that's that building rentals or building you know it's condos they're not catering to um you know just bigger square footage or, or number of bedrooms actually needed yeah um it's unfortunate for sure well keep us uh apprised I'll kind keep, of how I'll, that i'll uh, keep you abreast that, i'll yeah. keep everyone abreast of this i'm positive i'm staying positive you know i've got a couple into spaces and uh, i feel good about that um we got another we had we had a big one that we put up on the weekend we're gonna we already have three offers on that we're presenting tomorrow that's gonna be uh that's gonna be a beautiful deal beautiful home in center point 
58 Dale Croft. For those of you listening, check it out. Um, I mean, what, what's up, guys? Are we are we gonna get into some questions here? So yeah, I, well, or, or does Dave have something I've, else? To I have say? one. I have one story on the on the multiple offers standpoint because no. I was saying no. last episode Here. that uh, uh, I had a buddy uh, who's a realtor out in Fredericton, New Brunswick, Jeremy Deering. Yes. Uh, he's with EXP out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was asking, you know, I was with him. He came to town for uh, for five days. We're together, and I was talk. We were talking, obviously, a lot of real estate, and I was wondering what the market's like out there. He's saying everything's going for for multiple offers. Um, you know, an interesting one came in when we were together. Uh, a deal that one of his listings that he'd it, the deal had fallen through, and these are multiple offers, just like we're experiencing where they are with some conditions, uh, some mm-hmm. deals where it's still financing condition or inspection or what have you. And this buyer, he'd, uh, had an offer on it. Conditional fell apart because of, uh, inspection, but they really truly felt that it was, um, because of, you know, just cold feet. He ended up relisting it. Three, three offers came in. Um, and the buyer took one uh, so the highest offer was at 305. The others were at 280 and 285, I believe. He actually took the 285 because of because they're just a lack of a inspection uh, condition. So he actually took hmm. a, a haircut of of 20 grand. Didn't go for the highest price, um, but went because of the fewer conditions. And and the reason the only reason why I'm bringing that up is with those properties that are out there, regardless of the price point. Obviously, we're talking about different price point markets, but. Um, it's still good to go in, you know, we've said this before, being prepared, you know, whether it be if you're looking at something and it's going to be a, a multiple offer, getting that pre-inspection or, you know, and or getting your getting your financing lined up to minimize those conditions. Because if you can come in, you know, shrinking those conditions, even when they are, you know, get back to maybe multiples or as the market heats up and those, you know, those really attractive price points, you know, it's not always the highest price that's going to necessarily get you that property either. It's the people that are prepared and that have their ducks in a row without, you know, needing to add five conditions on their offer because they're ill-prepared. Um, so anyways, I thought that was an interesting one because, you know, t- it was, you know, 285 to 305, like $20,000 on that price point. It's a very big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, six, 7% of the purchase price. Anyways, I thought I'd uh, just share that little Yeah, story. I mean, it's, it's a different it's market, going- but. It's it's hot across the country. I'm anxious to see what what happens in the coming months. I mean, you know, I don't I don't know what you guys think about the rumblings that I've heard. Anyways, you know, rates rates have paused. Rates aren't going anywhere, and then su- suddenly out of nowhere, it's like, oh, maybe they're going up again. All of a sudden, when mm-hmm. they weren't planning on, you know, we've been saying like, oh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, and now it's like they're just kind of like, oh, wait a minute, dropping. Like we said, I think last week, we dropped rates. It didn't really do much for the spring market. Maybe we were wrong. And then what, what's going to happen next, right? Put the brakes on again? I don't know. Well, yeah. Dave, you can probably speak to this better than I can. But, I mean, their inflation was up slightly, right? The last mm. uh, At the last announcement. And that is, like, massively impacted by the fact that rent and mortgage payments have increased, right? Like, that's actually impacting inflation. So they're kind of stuck in this, like, circle of, trying to bring down inflation, but increasing the mm-hmm. cost of borrowing and, and, and basically mortgage costs on a monthly basis, which is then pushing inflation higher. So they're kind of dealing with this 
double-edged sword that they're yeah. trying to dig themselves out of a hole that they're continuing to to dig, dig? into you know <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> they're like shove, like shoveling it back into the hole they're they're digging you know yeah it was it was a big to your you know exactly as you said the the employment and cpi numbers were higher than expected and and because of that the bond market um reacted to those those higher figures and and jumped and they've they've been kind of steadily increasing uh this past a week and uh, a little bit, I think the last basically eight days. Um, and so that's why on Friday we saw most lenders jumping their rates by 40 basis points, um, like 0.4%, uh, which is a huge jump. But, you know, you even look at today, I just brought it up right now, the, the, and it's tied, fixed rates are tied to the Canada five-year government bond. Um, and so today it jumped 9.4%. Uh, basis points, which is a huge jump. Mm -hmm. So, you know, really what the banks do is they wait a period of time. They don't react every day to a, uh, an increase and a decrease to the bonds. Uh, but over an extended period of time, if they've jumped, uh, you know, give it five full days that it's been ramping up. And over that period of time, you know, the past week and, and change, it's jumped, I think it was 45 basis points. Um, they waited until Friday to to, to react. And there's some lenders that are, that still haven't reacted uh, because they're waiting to see how the early this week, um, you know, kind of what transpired. But uh, I think, you know, in fixed rates will kind of jump again. The scary mm -hmm. part is to it is really, you know, with these strong, in, in, this strong uh, employment numbers and, and uh, inflationary numbers, whether the Jan June 7th, I think it's June 7th and announcement by the bank of canada we've been had a pause for the last two months but we keep seeing these strong figures and economic and uh economic numbers then it's possible that they they increase prime again um just slow oh, there's, that, there's actually a question down. regarding that so I, I don't mean to uh skip over sash's questions no. we will get to them but uh gabrielle says uh, hey guys if we get another rate hike in june do you think that it will slow the real estate market again I mean, I think, I think, it, I think they they certainly have a direct correlation. Mm -hmm. um, you know what the, you know what, how big that increase is um, will depend on how much it slows things down. If it's a quarter point, I'm not sure. But if they are seeing again in June and feeling that that the numbers are going to be so strong once again, I don't it's very possible that it's a, a whole, you know, half a point again, just to really like, just grind things to a halt. You know, we've seen in the U S the U S fed has been continuously increasing. Um, and they've kept the, the, their foot on the pedal from, from increasing, um, increasing rates there. Um, and Canada's paused because there, there was articles and there was interviews by Tiff McCallum saying that he was worried about Canadians ability to make payments, um, for, you know, their mortgages, their consumer products, things like that. And I know, Paul, I know you shared an article earlier that I think it was, uh, you know, basically a headline reading on it, but that it's the highest default rate since, I think since 2019 or something like that, or, or highest increase. In yeah, I'm going to pull it up right now. So it says, uh, in March, 11,768 people filed insolvency paperwork, which is the highest monthly figure since 2019, according to the data from the Office of the Superintendent of Bankruptcies. 
Uh, that's up from 9,222 in February. Uh, the, figures both include, the, the figures include both bankruptcies and proposals to creditors, which is an agreement negotiated with the borrower's creditors through a licensed insolvency trustee. For the full year period ending March 31st, 2023, consumer insolvencies were up nearly 20%. The increase was driven by a 29.3% increase in consumer proposals, while consumer bankruptcies were down 47 Mortgage delinquencies, meanwhile, remain just off their all-time low at 0.15%. Which is kind yeah. of amazing, actually. Uh, so it's not the mortgages. It's, it's not the mortgages, else. no. Nope. Yeah. yeah. But remember what I said? Wasn't it like a, a few shows ago? I was saying like that I was predicting that because of the way that the system is working, that more people are just going to start claiming, like filing for insolvency or consumer proposals because they know that it's not, like that it's easy to do now. You know, I think we're going to see more of that. And then, and then in most cases, you can do that and you can keep your home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think there's like it's just one of those things right it, there's things that are starting to come out that people are discovering um not that you heard it here on torup on, on torp on torep first no mm -hmm. we're just uh this is all uh what, what's the word i'm looking for hearsay it's not this is not legal advice <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is all hearsay but uh <laughs> that's i mean those are interesting numbers man yeah you keep you keep that you keep that talk up and we might be needing uh Mike Abrams on here, who's, uh, who's who I see who I see in the comments here, might be needing his advice on. Uh... Yeah, Greg didn't mean anything he just said. Yeah, I'll just um, keep my mouth shut. That's my problem. Let me touch on. There's Stop a few talking, more questions, Greg. There's there's a lot of questions rolling in here, so I'm gonna actually I'll start with Sasha just because he's got a few really good points here, good talking points. So uh, first, he says July is usually a heavy mortgage renewal month. Wondering if this is trickling into any distressed selling as Canadians see monthly payments go up. Uh, I haven't personally seen, or at least I haven't heard of anyone doing that. Like I haven't had any clients saying like we're having to sell because of, but um, it is a heavy renewal month for sure. Like um, from my pers like from my seat as a mortgage agent, I would say probably 25 to 30, maybe 25% of my business this year has been renewals. And it's because of so many people bought in 2018 to 2020 rates are higher. Like there's a lot of different reasons people are renewing, maybe renewing early, refinancing, what have you. But renewals are certainly high this year. And we saw that. We talked about it on an episode earlier. I think there was 1.1 million mortgages up for renewal in Canada this year, which is I think like a third or maybe even more than that. It's a high, high number of mortgages. Um, so not even just July, but 2023 is a huge renewal year. So I think that may play into it, but we haven't seen that many listings. So, you know, if there was an abundance of listings and prices were dropping, I would say yes, but I haven't personally seen that. I don't know what you guys are seeing. Uh, so from the default standpoint, um, I just, I remembered reading an article in the globe uh, back in, you know, two weeks ago. So the, the CEO of CMHG, I just found it. Um, I'll share it with you. Uh, Steven, so you can post it. But um, the CEO of uh, CMHC stated that the arrears rate for Canadian banks was 0.15% in February of 2023. And she said that the losses typically arise from unemployment rather than the shock of interest rates, mm. um, which I think is a very important point to keep in mind. It's an article of her talking about whether CMHC would uh, will increase, or if there's any possibility of them increasing the uh, amortization length, but, um, but yeah, I mean that. So to to that point, 
of you know arrears arising because of increased um, prices. I, I don't. People pay their uh, pay their mortgages and their rents first before their credit cards and their mm-hmm. car payments and mm-hmm. other consumer debt. I think those arrears um, are going to increase. The, you know, I think certainly you know distressed selling. I think we will see a slight uptick for sure because as the you know as issues kind of compound, but. Um, it's interest. It was kind of interesting that it's not um, due to those interest rates. And and fortunately, as much as we all gave uh, the feds shit back in 2018 when they introduced the, uh, I think it was 2018, um, the stress test. Was it 2018? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was 2017 yeah. or 2018. Um, that uh, that it actually saved you know saved us in a lot oh. of cases um, of people qualifying that five percent anyways, five and a quarter. Uh, four seven nine to five and a quarter because they it did fluctuate between there, um, and then now rate plus two. So we're not seeing as many. Really, the where the distressed selling is going to come from is people that were new investors that stuck themselves in private loans like private mortgages or borrowed money from other investors using the term you know others people's money uh, or OPM. Is like a topical uh, phrase used in the investor community. Those people are going to be the ones that are up the creek and having to sell distressed properties and, and losing the shirts off their back because they're they're highly leveraged. I think the the general population, I think, will be able to stomach it, um, you know, as we go along. Okay. Good answers. Uh, I just saw, I looked it up. It says the stress test would introduce for insured mortgages in 2016 and uninsured in 2018. So there you go. you're at the ballpark. Uh, let's see what else. Sasha says, another good question. He says, we're seeing more and more, we're seeing more and more anecdotal stories of new immigrants. And he puts in brackets, high earners leaving Canada because of the housing situation. Have any of you personally seen this? Haven't no. seen it, but hearing a lot about it. I, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't seen, heard about I haven't it, it or seen I haven't, it. Yeah, I haven't heard about it or seen it. Um, the, the opposite way. I've, 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 seen. I've heard about it from people that have been living here for years, who uh, came here like you know, seventies, eighties, nineties, or whatever. They've been saying that the new generation of friends and family around then came here within the last like two to five years, and now like about a quarter, no, a quarter, a quarter or more are going back home because they're not happy and it's not just the housing it's just the country in general Mm -hmm. they say it's just becoming too expensive to maintain when they can go back home and and, you know i think it's you know it's also a family thing as well but they're uh but i heard that i've heard that from two like older gentlemen in their 60s and 70s Mm -hmm. that the younger generations that they know within their family have come and they're already going back and that and then that is part of the reason because they can get more and they can do more over there. And it's just not the same how it was like when he came to Canada. Mm-hmm. There's a weird, mm-hmm. it's like very mm-hmm. heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. in my chest. Yeah, no, I, I personally haven't seen it, but uh, I mean, it's a very interesting point. I, I think that as we see, like if you're not in the market of wanting to compete or, you know, there's certainly not as many, in quotes, you know, deals as there was uh, five years ago. Like you, you really have to, you know, you really have to dig to find those uh, mm-hmm. 
those uh, home run deals, you know, and there's a lot of people now that are much more savvy in both investing and even just the average buyer is much more informed than they were five years ago, 10 years ago. So most people are going into those negotiations on multiple offers and so on, like well-armed with knowledge, an experienced realtor. Like it's, it's a totally different landscape, I think, than it was five, 10 years ago, as far as the real estate market, like 10 years ago, real estate was just something you own. Now it's like, it seems like it's been, at least for us, obviously it's been a, a focus, but I feel like for most people, like it's, it's whether it's rent or it's their mortgage payments or it's the, you know, trying to find to buy a home or their kids are buying a home. It just seems like it's front of mind for a lot of people more so than it was 10 years ago. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. What else we got here? Uh, mm. Let's see. It says there was a Twitter. This is Sasha again. Last comment from Sasha. And we have a few others too. Uh, there was a Twitter space of Daniel Fox that had an interesting comment last week. We don't even know how it says low demand, but I think it's he meant to say we don't even know how high demand is because of how non-existent supply is. Any comments? I mean, I think he's pretty. I think it's a very, it's pretty bang on like that comment. I mean, again, we speak about it at nauseum, and we did last week as well uh, about the immigration numbers. And so, yeah, we don't even know how high the demand is because of how many people are constantly coming through our borders um and you know there's there was some i just like uh you have it there Stephen. but for like bbc was announced was commented that canada's immigration numbers were the highest since or our growth of canada as a percentage um or yeah by a percentage was the highest since 1957 uh, with a total of a million through. So mm -hmm. welcome to 437,000 immigrants, permanent residents, while the number of non-permanent residents in the mm -hmm. country was 607,782. And then so far, uh, we've, we've had, what is it, 600,000 so far this year, I think the number was. Something to that effect. So to that point, it's basically an open door. So we don't know how high that demand is because mm -hmm. it's just a constant influx. And, you know, to Greg's point earlier about rentals and not being able to find rentals for the families that he's trying to help that aren't able to live in that, you know, in just a one bedroom condo. It's Yeah. What do you actually do? Like <laughs> what options do you have? Yeah. And there's only so many rental communities that offer that type of property. Mm -hmm. in Ottawa, you know, I mean, I think that that is a wise investment for developers instead of just building these, uh, condo while well, these towers, you know, mm -hmm. with uh, two bedroom, uh, one to two bedroom rentals. I think there's some that are going to be working on three bedrooms, mm -hmm. but I mean, I think if someone came in and built like, you know, three and four, two, yeah, with three or 400 townhomes, mm -hmm. like, and just as rentals, they'd be filled instantly, mm -hmm. you know? And then that goes back to saying, like, you know, if you've got the cash, it, you can you can make it happen and you can earn on it. It just takes a big amount, um, you know, and it's a big group that has to come in and do it. And then it goes well, and then it goes back it goes to back the, into the corporation versus the little guy. Well, right? then you're also mm. looking at like we talked about before, you're gonna need probably, you know, a year and a half runway for permits and plans and everything oh, yeah. else in between. So and then something will halt long-term solution for a short-term problem and then they'll say this isn't affordable housing mm -hmm. so, well if you if you didn't if you didn't tax us as this much mm -hmm. 
on the build and the materials didn't cost this much, then we could make it affordable. Canada. (laughs) Leading into affordability, we've got (laughs) Jamal. He's got, uh, hey, Torah, my partner and I are thinking of buying in the next year or two with a combined income of 150. Is it still possible to buy a house in Ottawa or is it better to get a condo? Well, you guys are the money guys. You're going to start with that one. From a, I mean, well, so from a qualifying perspective, it, it does depend on your down payment as well. But you're mm-hmm. from a, if you have no debt, quick and dirty math, four and a half times your income, four to four and a half times your income, depending on your down payment, is what the loan amount that you'd be able to qualify for is. So to your question would just depend on how much you have for a down payment uh, of what you know, type of home. And then is it, and then the question of, is it better, uh, you know, comes down to really what your needs are, um, you know, and what your, what your lifestyle is really. Yeah. And back to, you know, what I was saying on last week's show, again, the, it also goes to the point of if you're going to live, if it's a, if it's something small and it's not suitable for you to live in, then maybe just start with that, buy that, stay where you are renting and then build the equity have a nice have a, have a tenant in place and then you know buy what you want down the road but if you can live in it i mean you know at like let's say 400 500,000 you can get a stacked town home two bedroom two bath uh start with that i mean you can do we're still 5% down for first time buyers guys yeah yes, right uh, under yeah. 500k and- and, and not k right and so. not just first time home buyers that is anyway. a that is a misconception it is anyway, yeah, under on, 500k under 500k 5 5% every yeah. dollar above 500,000 it's 10% down so so that's and it's that, on your primary home not a first time home buyer if you're going to be living in the property you can put that minimum down payment doesn't matter if it's your 10th home 15th home second right. doesn't matter I just always do that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It is a myth, right? It's always like if people think that it's first time. Like I even forgot. Jam Jamwell. I think Who it's am Jamwell. Jam Amazing avatar. That's a great. I uh, love the the image in your avatar. Uh, yeah. So to Dave's point, the four and a half times your income for the mortgage amount, and then you can basically reduce a hundred k from that amount for every four hundred and fifty dollars in debt that you have. So if you have a car payment of $900 a month, whatever that pre-approval amount is, take away 200 grand. That's, that's, that's very high level, but, um, and obviously condo fees, every time you add a condo fee on a monthly basis, that's gonna reduce the amount that you can put towards the mortgage payment. So that means that your mortgage eligibility is gonna lower, which is then obviously your purchase price is gonna reduce as well. So condo fees typically, again, if it's a $450 condo fee, it's not exact, but that's going to basically reduce your purchase price by around that same hundred thousand, give or take, just as a general rule. Very of thumb. good point. Very good point. Uh, Athletico Wait. Fitness Repair says, "Hey guys, which of you would win a breakdance battle?" Clearly, David. Yeah, I don't think you want to see any of us dance. <laughs> I think we'd all be equally terrible. <laughs> I might win that. I think I might win that. Greg might win just because of his he might have a bit more rhythm than David and I oh yeah that might be the the turning point I don't even know that I can stomp my feet and clap at the same time (laughs) Uh, Amandeep says any nice pockets in Orleans for single home detached for family income under around 300 maybe around greater than I always get that wrong greater than 200k 
Uh, same thing kind of goes back to what Dave and I were saying. Like it, it really depends on what you can qualify for, what existing debts you have, uh, obviously making sure that 200K is salaried income, not, you know, a new self-employed uh, construction business you're running or something. Um, so very, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of follow-up questions to that, but uh, I would say and there yes. is. And, and, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So yes. And so, so to that point and to, uh, to Jamal before, certainly reach out to us and we'd be happy to uh, take a look at your numbers, uh, reach out to Paul or I or both. And we'll, we'll be happy to help you out and, and get your numbers you know, narrowed down and, and pre-approved. So you actually know what you can get out shopping with Mr. Gregory at. Would love to have you. <laughs> Would love to help. It's, it's actually my, you know, it's still my favorite thing. I still love working with, uh, with buyers. I love the process. I love the process. Um, yeah. What is a decent, looking to move to Ottawa, what is a decent price range for a single family home, three plus bedrooms? Probably three plus bedrooms, single family home. There's a lot of factors there. Mm -hmm. Depends on the year it was built. Depends on the neighborhood, the style. Um, you're, you know, you're anywhere from, you're anywhere from 750 to a million. So it really depends on what you, what you're looking for, where, um, but there's so many factors. If you want to send me a message, I can just have a chat and I can send you, um, um, like a buyer, uh, intake style form. You can fill it out and I could set you up on a search just, just so you could see them as they come out just to get an idea. I'd be happy to do that for you if you'd like. Like probably the number that we recite of that average household price point of I think seven fifty seven was seven fifty. I think it's going to be eight hundred. I think it's going to be eight hundred this month. Which Buyers get in the market. <laughs> but I don't like I I, I mean I, I don't want to. Greg's making the market again. I don't I'm even want to. I don't even want to. <laughs> I'm making about a move that anymore. It's like you know I didn't think it was going to go this high last month. It was seven fifty this month. I think it might be eight. Like, I think it might've jumped up that much, but I don't like, I don't think it's going to go any higher than that. I think that's silly. Um, so we'll see, we'll see when the main numbers come up. Yeah. I'm interested to see what the inventory numbers look like, uh, for May. Yeah, me too. Big time. Like it's dropped, dropped in half from January to April, right? In the inventory. Yeah. 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 The inventory is at like yeah. a month, 1.9 months. So if that starts hitting one and a half, like one to one and a half months, I, I think that would cause some, create some further chaos as far as the multiple offer slash over asking situation. It is, a, I, it goes, it's a supply issue. Like we're dealing with a massive supply issue. And, you know, we've been saying that for a couple, probably two years now. We've been talking about that on the show. Um, Probably, uh, I would say 133 episodes. 133 episodes. I say <laughs> that would be my guess. Probably about 133 episodes. We've been saying that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, man. No other questions in the chat, gentlemen. All right. What do you guys have to say? We did see CMHC. I wanted to touch on that quick, Dave. You brought up that article too, but the article I was looking at earlier did mention CMHC has basically rejected the idea of extending amortizations. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who has been, I guess, dealing with mortgages for some time, or if you bought a, whole, a house, you know, 10, 15 years ago, at one point, we actually had 40-year amortizations. That was a, a normal thing for someone buying a, you know, 5% down. Actually, I think it was 0% down at that yeah. point. 0% yeah. down, 40-year amortizations. 
we'd wow. all qualify for yeah. like three million dollar homes right now you know mm. um but now they basically said it's obviously a 25 year max if it's an insured mortgage some lenders will go up to 35 even now maybe 40 if you really uh dig but um you know i think for first time home buyers i think it would be kind of a, a, a catch 22 or whatever you you know term you want to use because mm -hmm. It would allow them to get into the game, but then also everyone else who's in the game already is going to qualify for more. And I think it would just drive prices even further up. But that, that's my thinking. And you're not paying off any principal. You're, you're paying off next to nothing. Yes. That goes. So not surprising that they're they're saying that they're likely not to, mm -hmm. to make any adjustment Makes there. Sense. But uh, Alex Graham says, will the city be converting unused downtown office space to apartments? Great idea, Alex. Uh, we actually, yeah, we had that idea, I think, at the beginning of the pandemic, that Ooh. they should do that. Uh, I actually heard, I talked about this with my parents, and they actually told me, my parents being the, uh, you know, real estate buffs that they are, um, <laughs> they told me that they had actually heard that the cost to convert those would actually be more than just building brand new condos. So they, mm -hmm. they, they had considered it, um, but it seems as though that, that idea is also rejected. <laughs> yeah. Where's your denied uh, stamp, Greg? Something's going to um, happen. Yeah, I, I think, I think they're up for a very buck. good idea. They'll give them but, away. They'll yeah. give them away. Um, but yeah, the buyer will just have to tear them down. And um, But they're all asbestos ridden and um, where it's, you know, it's going to take, it's not just an easy demo project. It's obviously a lot more costly than just a regular, uh, Set a couple just sticks of dynamite. I'll, I'll take Frank's of office. This is yeah. my new house, eh? Just yeah, put a yeah. door up. Yeah. Little lipstick on the on the walls and <laughs> <laughs> downtown condo. Uh yeah, no, I think the work, like just even I imagine the inspection on like just the conversion. It it's like in conceptually it sounds great, but when you actually think about the logistics of doing it, it would yeah. be a nightmare, you know, to convert I, it. So I think they're I think the the number that the feds have in their budget is that their intent is to reduce their real estate holdings by 25% uh, over a period of time. I don't know how long that is um, and reduce that because they have so many vacant buildings, but to what the plan will be with them, who knows? Like there's nothing been started. Um, you know, maybe there's been some back backdoor conversations, but, um, but yeah, I mean, to, the, the work that would be required, it's not just a, a simple conversion. Well, or, also or the demo. leases, the, the, the amount that the government's probably paying for those leases is probably mm -hmm. outrageously inflated, not to say that there's yeah. any sort of mm. conspiracy there, but I'd imagine mm. that the lease is probably quite high for the government to pay. So mm -hmm. I can't imagine that they're, they can somehow offer yeah. that to small businesses or discount it like they would be unmanageable for most businesses, would be my guess. That's just a, an assumption. So don't quote me on that. Uh, I'll get Mike to write me a quick uh, quick disclosure so I can sign that. Um, <laughs> retainer. Actually, he did, yeah, retainer. He did say, actually, uh, Greg, to stop talking earlier uh, when we were talking about uh, no. <laughs> making those comments. Thank you, Mike, for that non-solicited non legal advice. Greg will take it. Um, well, I have I have some good mood boost, gentlemen. If uh, we let some questions them. roll in if they want. And I... I'm going to ask before, this is my last chance, before I race on Sunday. I am taking part in the Tamarack Race Weekend half marathon this Sunday. It's going to be a punishment, and I'm excited. 
Steven just put the, actually I'll put the link in the chat. So if you have the ability to, and you're able to, I would really appreciate it if you could make a small donation. I'm about $600 away from my goal. All the money goes towards the Agnes Bali Boys and Girls Club. This is a Boys and Girls Club in Uganda. Uh, we basically have 155 students at the club that we pay for their primary and secondary school. And for $7 a month, it basically educates a kid. So for $84 a year, you can educate a student for a whole year. So it's, a, it's an amazing project. I can, If you want to know more about it, I can certainly uh, talk about it another date. Um, but the link is in the chat. And if you can, I would really appreciate it. And uh, I will finish the race on Sunday. That much I can guarantee you. Might not be fast, but it'll get done. <laughs> and, and the night before, I'll be DJing at uh, 56 Bywood Market at the, on the top floor in the nightclub called Berlin mm. with uh, Ryan LaBelle. So if any of you out there watching Toe Rep right now or Party Animals, you want to come and listen to some amazing house music on uh, Saturday night. We're playing from 10 till 2.30 in the morning, way past my bedtime. But Saturday <laughs> night, it will be my live time. You know how disappointed mm -hmm. I am that I can't go because I'm <laughs> then racing at 9 a.m.? That would be <laughs> It would be very foolish. Yes. It would be very foolish. Yeah. All right, here we go, gentlemen. Four mood boosts today. What was that I could eat? <laughs> number one uh, I told my girlfriend she drew her eyebrows too high she seemed surprised mm. the old Uncle Leo hey? <laughs> why are you so angry Uncle Leo um, number two today at the bank an old lady asked me to help check her balance so I pushed her over mm. classic uh, number three what do you call a sleepwalking nun a Roman Catholic. <laughs> My Dude, personal these are favorite. Great. These are killer. Uh, and last but not least, if you have 13 apples in one hand and 10 oranges in the other, what do you have? Big hands. You got big hands. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> That's it. That's it. Thank you, everyone, like it. for tuning in. Live show. We're going to try to do these. We were saying once a month. I think the last one was probably about a month ago. Uh, someone did say in the comments that they were finally able to tune in for a live show. So thank you. Yeah, uh, thank you for being here. Suggs 73. Great, great name. Great names, great avatars. Uh, so tune in next week. We'll be back 10 a.m. Tuesdays when the show will be released. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe here on YouTube so you get notified when we do go live like this and when any new episodes come out. Uh, any closing remarks, gents? Have a great week, all. It's <laughs> Thanks for it, tuning in, me. everyone. We'll see you later. Call me. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that.